water, earth, fire, air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he still has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What's Oppa, a rewatch podcast of the greatest show ever, Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm Joyce. I'm Justin. And I'm Anand. And this week, we want to give a special shout out to our friend Steve, who read the intro. This is episode 42 of our podcast, where we'll be discussing The Painted Lady. Jumping right into some fun facts, this episode was originally pitched as Katara as Robin Hood, which we will soon learn why. And also, the Painted Lady was never directly referenced for the rest of the series, nor was it referenced in Korra or in any of the tie-in comics, but uh, the creators didn't manage to flesh out some of the stories in more subtle ways. So, for example, in Korra, the DVT commentaries uh, of A New Spiritual Age, um, Brian Knitzko says that the Painted Lady was originally a human who transcended into the spirit world after her death before becoming the river's guardian. Kind of like Iroh. Hmm. Except one is kind of way cooler than the other. Yeah. But it's kind of cool because if she can interact with people, that means Iroh can too. Mm, Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I bet he's just like popping in, telling jokes, (laughs) making people tea, Mm. bringing joy to the world. Mm. He's... (laughs) He hangs out at modern boba shops. Yes. <laughs> Keep an eye out for him. Yeah. So Team Avatar starts off the episode and they're trudging along this very disgusting looking polluted river. Uh, not unlike the river off Rutgers in the Binks of the Um And Aang and Momo are playing hide and seek in this river. Um, uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, the Avatar extras calls it. And Aang calls it Momo Polo, um, <laughs> which, you know, Marco Polo. But some f- more fun facts about this river. Mike DiMartino actually suggested that this village be floating after he saw a real floating village. Um, and this river is located on the Zhanghui River, which in Chinese translates to Grey River, um, you know, referencing how disgusting the water is. And then Aang jumps out of the water and he says, guys, I think the river is polluted. Yeah. And I just think this is like a little unbelievable, but also just absolutely disgusting. Like it was so clear that this river was absolutely gross um, before he like went swimming in it. Um, So I just feel like it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would he do that? Also, I feel like he's going to mutate or something like grow another (laughs) head after spending time in that river. Um, Yeah. Actually. So from, from my end, one more, uh, inspiration for this river that i read about was um the chiso corporation in japan they polluted a river uh with uh with mercury um and so that affected a bunch of villages and wildlife um near minamata apparently Mm. were there two-headed fish also uh unclear but uh yeah i don't know (laughs) that's that's (laughs) disgusting I, i i hate that scene so much (laughs) i really don't like it 
what? More bang for your buck. Anyways, we'll get there. <laughs> so it turns out uh, two-headed fish actually might be native to the environment independent of the pollution. Uh, two-headed fish is an essential ingredient in two-headed fish soup, which either implies that the pollution has been going on so long they have a new cuisine called two-headed fish soup, or <laughs> two-headed fish has just been around for a while. Uh, who knows? That can't be real. I refuse <laughs> to accept that. Yeah, anyway, so Aang airbends all of like the pollution and the gunk off himself to like dry off after he lands. And I just have to say, this is like one of the rudest things he's done because he like just clearly has to know, right? He clearly has to know that they're like all there. He's just going to get it on them. Um. Yeah, anyway, King Aang is just becoming more and more of a degenerate as time goes on. <laughs> I also um, like read or saw online that like basically the gunk only goes onto his friends and nowhere else. <laughs> like you'd think it'd just be a spiral or like a circle of gunk, but really it's just targeted towards the rest <laughs> of Team Avatar. Quite mean. Quite mean, especially after Aang started becoming the master liar in the last episode. <laughs> um, and then Katara says, it looks like we'll need to go somewhere else to get food, assuming it fits into Sokka's master schedule. And then Sokka like rolls out this huge scroll with his schedule and some fun facts about the schedule. So Sokka's master schedule is actually based off the real Avatar production schedule. Um, if you zoom in when he rolls the whole thing out, it is actually the actual Avatar production schedule, but shrunken down. Huh. Um, and then, uh, I read this fun tidbit, like, just like our gang, the Avatar production was often behind schedule, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Um, and then Aang points towards, like, a small fishing village in the, in the horizon, and he suggests that they go get food. Yeah, so Team Avatar goes to the village of Zhang Hui. Um, and first, they hide Appa and Momo under some grass because they obviously can't take Appa and Momo. I just thought this was pretty sad and undignified. <laughs> I feel like every time they leave them behind, they just do like a like something so silly. Um, anyways, yeah, then they go to the village and they see that it's in the middle of the river um, and they get taken there by a man who introduces himself as Doc. And he explains that they live in a fishing village. Um, that is until the factories move to town, which is why it's so polluted now. Some fun facts about Doc. Uh, one of Doc's other names is Bushi, uh, or Bushi. Um, and <laughs> this is very similar to the Chinese pronunciation, which I just gave, which apparently means unwell. And it's a fitting <laughs> reference because, you know, he's clearly mentally unstable. What do you mean? Bushi's a different character, Justin. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just some fun facts about the factories moving to town. Uh, apparently this factory manufactures metals for various weapons and vehicles for the Fire Nation army. And they also have a cooling system, which is powered by the river water, which is I don't know why they need to use a lot of the water, I guess. And then also a lot of the pollutants just flow back out into the river. Well, yeah, so that's why they needed to be situated on this river, I guess. Um, but yeah, another fun fact is that the theme of pollution is something that the writers wanted to highlight. So they want to show the war's negative impact um, on the environment. 
but actually, another thing is they want to show the impact on the Fire Nation's own citizens. So, yeah, we can <clears throat> clearly see that, you know, Doc and the other villagers are just not okay, um, even though they themselves are part of the Fire Nation. Yeah. So we see kind of a bunch of impoverished people as Team Avatar is touring this town. And Katara says, look at this place. It's so sad. We have to do something to help. Um, and yeah, I think that throughout this whole episode, Katara just reminds me a lot of season one Katara. Mm. Um, but then specifically season one Katara in Imprisoned. So I think there are a lot of parallels between this episode and Imprisoned. And, mm -hmm. you know, honestly forgot a little bit about imprisoned uh you know for maybe for good reason or not but yeah <laughs> this episode definitely kind of um yeah brings back a version of katara that you know her heart is in the right place but i think just the way she's characterized is not my favorite um and it's also kind of already been done so it just feels like a little bit of a regression um, then Sokka's like, no, we can't waste our time here. We have a bigger mission that we need to stay focused on. These people are on their own. Um, and this also just feels way too harsh. Um, so <laughs> I think just, yeah, that's just very harsh. They got the, they got the season one writers back for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Katara says, these people are starving, but you turn your back on them? How could you be so cold and heartless? And Sokka says, I'm not turning my back. I'm just being realistic. We can't go around helping every rinky-dink town we wander into. We'll be helping them all by just taking out the Fire Lord. So, DBQ question, is Sokka right here, given, you know, the trade-offs? Obviously, the episode thinks he's wrong, but can't be results-oriented. <laughs> You want to take this one, Joyce? Oh, sure. Um, I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, he is right. Uh, if they truly are on that much of a time crunch. However, I don't buy this silly schedule of his because Team Avatar <laughs> has definitely wasted time on other foolish things <laughs> throughout the past few episodes and throughout the entire show. So I think they can definitely spare a day or two to help out, um, especially with all the power that they have. You know, I feel like they have a lot of they have the capabilities to just like help people along the way. Um, so I do feel like his response here is a little too harsh. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, if truly they can't waste a single second, then yeah, I think he's right. But that schedule just never comes back. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anand, any thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, in the end, well, on the day of the Black Sun, you know, they get all their friends to help them out. And I was going to say that, like, you know, if they didn't have all their friends, maybe they wouldn't have succeeded, but they still didn't succeed. And in the end, they just <laughs> go on by themselves and take out the Fire Lord. So that's so true. Yeah, because I remember we had the whole like, oh, it's all about the friends you make along the way. But I guess they don't end up meeting those friends. <laughs> yeah. In the end, <laughs> just needs to learn firebending and then, you know, he wins. So yeah. yeah, you need to meet a turtle. That That's really the answer here. Right. Yeah. So you have to meet as many people as you can to optimize for the chance that you might meet the turtle. And he does meet the exactly. turtle. So maybe in the end, Sokka is wrong. <laughs> They were actually right on schedule to meet a turtle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
That's funny. Oh yeah. Good question. Good question to ponder throughout this episode. Um, but yeah, so then they go to a merchant because they need to buy some food and they meet Doc's brother, Shu. Um, and yeah, basically there's this whole exchange with Doc and slash Shu slash Bushi. Um, but eventually they buy some food, namely the two-headed fish and some stinky clams. And a little boy goes up to Katara at the end while they're walking away and asks her to spare some food. And Katara gives him a fish and says, I wish I could help more. She could have given him the two-headed fish and that would have been helping more. Um, <laughs> wow, Katara. Very, uh, so ungracious. Um, and yeah, I read somewhere that this is kind of symbolic because here Katara gives the little boy a fish in order to feed his um, hmm. family, which is a nice gesture. However, it invokes the old saying, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for life. So like in the beginning, she's just giving a fish, but in the end, she's teaching them all how to fish. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I, I didn't make that connection. So cool. Yeah. So they, they go back to the camp and we see a scene of Aang and Toph separating the mud from the water. Yeah. And I just thought this was a really cool use of Every, you know, everyday use of bending here. Um, and actually also makes me think that's like another reason I feel like Team Avatar can spare a little bit of time just to help out. Like they have just like they can so casually do stuff like this, you know, so <laughs> if they can, you know, I feel like they have the power to to help the people along the way. And then Sokka enters bossy mode once again, and he tells a group that the detour into the town has really messed up their schedule and that they need to get right back on track and that they need to wake up 43 minutes earlier every single day. Yeah, and I thought this is kind of interesting because like, oh, do people in the Avatar universe have clocks? Do they have watches? Like, how are they supposed to measure this um, like time so precisely? So I thought, yeah, it's kind of interesting. A little bit of an anachronism. Yeah, I guess they have really precise sundials. Maybe Sokka just has a really That's advanced true. One. That's true. I mean, you could probably definitely tell that from the sun if you're advanced and like yeah. did Boy Scouts or something. Sokka definitely did Boy Scouts. <laughs> Sokka definitely Scout. did Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he learned to read the stars from Bato. Oh, hmm. That's true. Yeah, actually, maybe this isn't hard. Maybe we're just um, soft and... Inexperienced. Yeah. But don't they get like incredibly lost in the next like couple episodes, if I remember correctly? So they maybe they do. are just bad. Yeah, and they get lost in the desert too, right? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Something isn't right. New theory. Sokka is actually a firebender and he can tell where the sun is in the sky because he knows where the fire is. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now that's that's out there for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah well anyway Sokka also suggests that they start taking food breaks and potty breaks at the same time um which the gang um is really enthusiastic about <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's just disgusting anyways um <laughs> i was <laughs> I was actually listening to a podcast today. Apparently, Bobby Fisher would uh, shower and play chess at the same time, <laughs> or bathe and play chess at the same time. And I just imagine Aang like practicing, like firebending in the shower. 
Yeah. Just in time to meet a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. Uh, The next scene is the next morning and Appa is laying on his side and Katara says, oh no, I think Appa's sick. Um, And it's just like, you know, after watching the whole episode, we, we know that Katara is feeding him berries and I don't know, that's like part of her big plan. But I just was wondering, like, why would Katara make him sick now? Like, couldn't she have just helped a little bit and then left because we then find out that like she had already gone out to the village and like healed some people i guess but then i don't know like why wasn't she just satisfied with that i guess she had to like then do this whole oppa thing um so i just was wondering like what her plan was like how long was she planning to keep up this oppa being sick thing because destroying the factory didn't even occur to her until later when Sokka says it so like just it's not very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Also, could Toph not detect that she was lying this whole time? <gasps> yeah. That's oh, another plot hole. Oh, wow. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Toph is in on it. That's yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that doesn't make sense. Toph would call her out instantly. <laughs> if we're going, if we're reverting back to the character's old ways. Yeah, we're going back all the way to season one when Toph wasn't in character. Yeah. So, so it works oh, exactly. Out. So she doesn't do anything in this episode. <laughs> um, that's funny. Anyways, yeah, then they go into town because they need some medicine for Appa. So back in town, uh, people seem a lot more lively and Katara kind of smiles to herself. They go up to Shu, the merchant guy, and is... And they're like, what's going on with everyone today? And Shu says, ah, something amazing happened last night. Food was delivered to our village by a mysterious and wonderful person, the painted lady. Yeah, and this raises a question. Oh, so I guess she didn't heal. She did the food. But this raises a question. Where did she get food from? Um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But then later, I guess, like the Fire Nation guy says that she stole food. Mm-hmm. So where'd she steal food from? It just doesn't make sense. Anyways. Then Shu says she's part of our town's lore about the painted lady. And they say she's a river spirit who watches over our town in times of need. I always thought she was just a legend until now. And I noticed a little detail um, while he's saying this, he's holding up this little statuette of the painted lady. And you can see that all of Team Avatar looks kind of like in awe or amazed. But then Sokka's like in the corner looking really skeptical. So I just thought that was like a good detail. <laughs> He's always the skeptic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So in the next scene, we cut to nighttime and the painted lady is silently crossing the lake or I guess the river towards the village in a cloud of fog. Um, some fun facts from the Avatar extras. Uh, it says that the painted lady is actually a water spirit. And that the water spirit and the moon spirit are closely related. So maybe she's like buddy-buddy with Princess Yue. Um, <laughs> and actually, uh, there's the moon. There's a full moon here. Actually, I don't know if it's full, but there's a moon. Um, which is nice. Which makes it even more strange that, you know, Sokka is doubting her existence. Mm-hmm. Um but some more fun facts about her appearance from actually a Tumblr series called Atla Culture. <laughs> um, have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, she or they write that the hat that the painted lady wears is known as a Mili in Mandarin or and I'm definitely butchering this in Japanese, an Ichimagasa, which apparently is like a wide woven brimmed hat 
that with a body covering veil attached mm. that aristocratic women would wear in both China and Japan. And they postulate that it's possible in Avatar, the Painted Lady might have been a local aristocrat who was helping the village and that the factory was placed here as a punishment to the local people who still believed in her and viewed her as a threat to the Fire Lord's national hegemony, which is pretty cool. Mm. Mm. That is cool. Yeah, but then the Painted Lady walks into an infirmary and then you just see some like flashing and she heals everyone. And then a little boy wakes up and sees her and the Painted Lady leaves and the boy thanks her. Um, and then she looks up and it's actually revealed to be Katara. <gasps> Shocker. Who knew? Wow. Yeah, so they go back into town the next day. You know, people are much happier and everything seems to be going better. Um, but Sokka actually gives Katara the idea here to blow up the factory because if the painted lady really cared, she would have blown up the factory, of course. So mm. we flash to the night and we see Katara getting up from her sleeping bag and putting some hay in it real stealthily. Um, <laughs> she turns her sleeping bag into a cloak and runs off. Um, and this time Momo actually wakes up Aang and Aang kind of sees her and tries to run up to her and catch up because Aang wants to ask the painted lady to heal Appa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, this just occurred to me. Couldn't Katara have just healed Appa this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways, uh, um, <laughs> man, nothing makes sense. <laughs> plot hole upon plot hole. Um, but that's okay. We continue. Yeah. So um, there is a cool shot here as the painted lady is running towards the town. Um, we see a shot of the moon reflected in the water and it's a crescent moon. So um, I think this is very clear. It's very clear by this shot that, you know, they're trying to introduce some diversity in the moon types. <laughs> However, later on um, when Aang finds Katara and discovers that Katara's the painted lady, there's a moon behind her and it's full again. So Oh my goodness. We still have some ways to go for moon representation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the token crescent moon. Um yeah, but Aang ends up catching up to Katara and introduces himself as the Avatar. And then Katara like puts on a voice and she's like, well, hello, Avatar. I wish I could talk, but I'm very busy. <laughs> and then Aang is like, well, something's wrong here. You seem familiar. And then Katara tries to get away, but Aang airblends and then her hat flies off. And then Aang realizes, you're the painted lady, but how? And Katara says, I wasn't her at first. I was just trying to help the village. But since everyone thought that's who I was anyway, I guess I just kind of became her. And then Aang's like, is Appa even sick? <laughs> and Katara reveals that she's been feeding him purple berries. And then Aang is dejected and shocked that she's been lying to everyone. And Katara's like, I know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. And then Aang's like, no, I think it's great. You're like a secret <laughs> hero. Yeah, Aang is just like coming full on, just like lying to everyone. Yeah, he's like <laughs> giving up his monkhood. Sexy. <laughs> Yeah. And then Katara's like, yeah, well, if you want to help, there's one more thing I have to do. Hint, hint. Yeah. And so the next scene is Katara and Aang doing a little vandalism, going to destroy the factory. And Katara says, getting rid of this factory is the only way to help these people permanently. Um, and, 
Yeah, I thought this was kind of cool. Like you're maybe it's kind of poking the children to think about systemic solutions to problems, not just band-aids. However, there are other unintended consequences <laughs> of this action. But um yeah, I guess, you know, you want to address the root cause here, which is what they're trying to do. Um, but yeah, they go and they destroy the factory. And as they're running away, the sludge stops dripping into the river from the pipes. And the next morning, Katara and Aang are trying to sneak back to camp. Uh, but Sokka catches them and he says, I know you're the painted lady. I know you've been sneaking out at night and I know you've been lying about Appa and feeding him purpleizing tongue berries. <laughs> Uh, Katara, you put our whole mission in jeopardy. We're leaving right now. And then Katara and Aang just admit guilt and they walk away uh, looking a little looking a little sheepish. Yeah, this was really weird also because Katara would have and should have put up a fight here. She wouldn't just walk away in shame. That's like very unlike her. That's a good point, too. <laughs> wow, I didn't didn't realize that. I also just find it hilarious that in Sokka's mind, it's more likely that his sister was running away, pretending to be spirit, like lying about Appa being sick, breaking into a factory, giving them food, than just she was playing hooky with Aang. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. So that means he thinks Aang has absolutely no game. <laughs> Please, he is 12. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Then we flash back to the village area. And speaking of unintended consequences, we see a bunch of scary Fire Nation people heading towards the village um, with revenge on their minds. Um, and so the gang sees them coming towards the village. And Sokka's like, what did you do? And then Katara's like, I kind of destroyed their factory. And Sokka's like, what? Oh, my God. And Katara's like, well, what was I supposed to do? Sokka says, leave, do nothing. And Katara says, no, I will never, ever turn my back on people who need me. I'm going down to that village and I'm going to do whatever I can. And, you know, as, as silly as this episode is, I, mean, I thought this line was pretty nice. It's, you mm -hmm. know, this is quintessential Katara who will always protect everyone. And I thought it was pretty good, pretty powerful. Yeah. It was also delivered really well. Yeah. So props to Katara for that. Um, and then they start going down Katara and Aang and then Sokka stops her. But he says, no, I'm coming too. Uh, you need me and I will never turn my back on you. And they hug, which is also Aww. another nice moment. Yeah, that was a nice one. Unfortunately, they turned their back on all the prisoners of wars they leave in the day of the Black Sun. <laughs> All right, now we are at the part of the episode where we get to the final climax and they confront the villagers, they being the soldiers. Um, and General Mung says, I thought we could live as neighbors in peace, but I guess I was wrong. You steal our food, our medicine, and then you destroy a factory. Clearly, he's pretty pissed and like kind of right about everything. And then Doc and Shu uh, deny that they did anything and say it was the Painted Lady. And then one of his lackeys says, oh, right, the mysterious painted lady did it. And I suppose she drew the army emblem on your containers, too. Yeah, like, again, I'm confused how Katara, like, stole all this food from this, like, very official place where there's army emblems on the food, um, but all by herself. So, yeah. Yeah. And then they just start, like, randomly ransacking the village. And then uh one of the soldiers tries to light a massive cannonball with firebending but it keeps getting put out by airbending 
And like, how is this the most efficient way to destroy a village? Um, <laughs> it just, why bring a massive cannibal? Anyway, um, so this creepy fog starts tendrilling towards the village. And then a boy, uh, one of the young boys of the village, he he like whispers in a really like creepy way. It's, it's the painted lady. She's coming. And then we start hearing these like loud, like low mumbling roars and thunders uh, created by Toph and Appa. Um, and I just have to say, D. Bradley Baker knocked it out of the park. It was like actually legitimately kind of scary. <laughs> but uh, it turns out it's actually just like a vegetarian giant bison. Um, <laughs> and then the fog parts and we see the painted lady and she starts approaching the village like very quickly. Um, and the soldiers are incredibly scared uh, at this point. And then Aang blows their hats off from under the dock uh, right as Katara looks up and he's just like, you know, doing his thing where he pretends other people are airbending kind of like Momo when he fought those earthbenders. Um, and then the leader says, I'll take care of you myself. Um, and then they start fighting and he firebends and then Aang like airbends Katara super high, at, almost as of like, she's in like the avatar mode and airbends through the dock, blasting everyone. And then Katara says, leave this village and never come back. Um, and then like all of the, bad evil people start swimming away um and then Toph and Tara start navigating towards the village in a boat um doing absolutely nothing and the village starts cheering and then Doc thanks the painted lady but as he gets up close he actually realizes it's Katara he's like hey wait I know you you're not the painted lady you're that colonial girl um and Katara realizes that her paint has come off and then a little boy says, yeah, you're that lady that gave me a fish. And then Doc says, you've been tricking us. You're a waterbender. Um, and then the crowd starts grumbling, but then Sokka defends her. Yeah. And I just thought this is another good moment. You'll see that like Sokka will never, ever kind of just leave Katara to dry or, you know, so there are some wins for the Katara Sokka relationship in this episode. Mm -hmm. And then Katara says, Sokka, it's okay. I should have acted like someone I wasn't, and I shouldn't have tricked you, but I feel like I had to do something. It doesn't matter if the painted lady is real or not, because your problems are real, and this river is real. You can't wait around for someone to help you. You have to help yourself. Yeah, and this is just another connection back to Imprisoned, where she gets, you know, stands up in front of all the prisoners and tells them that they have to help themselves, and they have to fight back against their captors. Um so yeah, another connection. I also realized that in Imprisoned, Aang also fakes a type of bending for Katara that she doesn't possess. They try mm -hmm. they like make her a fake earthbender. So Oh yeah. Yeah, they're just yeah, there's so many connections. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. A lot of like very convenient vents and shafts and like planks where air <laughs> like <laughs> needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> And then all of the villagers, like uh, you know, cheer and they agree and they decide that they should clean the river. And then Doc says, you know, you're not so bad for a waterbender and the power of friendship wins at the end of the day. But like at the end of the day, they're still in like an absolute authoritarian monarchy. So they really just don't have any like agency over their life. <laughs> um, so it's pretty sad. But the river does get cleaner. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something. Well, they should take whatever win they can get. Um, so yeah, then we see a montage um, of Team Avatar helping all the villagers clean the river. And finally, we go to a scene where it's nighttime again and Katara goes to the water 
by herself and puts her hands in the water that's now clean and she's visited by the real painted lady and she's pretty shocked and the real painted lady just says thank you where has she been this whole time (laughs) yeah right yeah okay so that's what i was thinking too like uh excuse me like you had katara like masquerading as a real spirit who could have been doing something this whole time um but she just sat there and watched but basically um what i read online was the painted lady actually used to watch over this town before the fire nation built the factory and started polluting the river and then once the river was polluted uh, the pollution mm. drove the painted lady away because she's the spirit of the river. So it's like she can't be inhabiting a polluted river. So it's like she can't really do anything as long as the river is polluted. So I feel like that's a fair justification. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does like if you don't think about it, it really does feel like a slap in the face <laughs> when she shows up at the end. Um also, I was just wondering, she says thank you, but also Katara was just like pretending to be her. And I feel like as a divine type of being, wouldn't you be pretty offended if some random human was just like pretending to be you? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I feel like I would not be okay with it. But I guess she cleaned up your river, so she deserves some thanks. And finally, a final fun fact is that the Painted Lady is voiced by Mae Whitman as well. Oh, that is cool. mm, Some parallel because Katara is the painted lady. Mm-hmm. And the painted lady is her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, that concludes this episode of the podcast. Let's just move on to our reading. I'll be giving this episode a two. I was very, very Whoa. close to giving it a one. But um, I held my tongue there. Um, yeah, we randomly forgot about Zuko and Iroh this episode. Um so that that was fun. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think this episode was just a really big reversion back to a lot of the poorer writing from season one. I think as we talked about, there are a lot of character things that don't make sense in this episode. Um, it just had a very, very different tone than the rest of the series and especially in season three. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of references and things that don't come back like Sokka's schedule um, I think this is prime filler material and and it doesn't contribute that much, I think, to the overall um, world building. Maybe there's something here or there. But um, yeah, for those reasons, I'll give it a two. Damn, a very, very low rating. Uh, I mean, I'm not far off. I give it a four. Um, I agree with a lot of the reasons that you bring up. I just generally think it's like a very forgettable episode. And like, honestly, kind of boring. Uh, The stakes are kind of low, especially in the context of like all the escalation of stuff that's happened and like the rivers polluted. And it's like, eh, like who like kind of really cares? Anyway. um, (laughs) um, And like, I don't know, last episode is so cool. Last episode was, uh, you know, like they're like dancing in a cave and now they're just like (laughs) trying to clean a river. that being said, uh, two-headed fish, kind of cool. The concept of the painted lady, kind of cool. Um, I don't know. It's just blowing up a factory near a river is kind of like over, overdone. We saw it in Jet and just, just like executed the concept of blowing up things near rivers like much better. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Four. 
Wow. Good points all around. Um, I'm also giving this episode a two, unfortunately. Uh, so the first thing that stood out to me was I just really don't like Doc slash Shoe slash Bushi. <laughs> yeah. Wait, agreed. She, Bushi? Bushi. Yeah, yeah, Bushi. Yeah. Like, I don't know. At least a lot of the filler episodes are funny. But like, I just I mean, I feel kind of bad because I guess the point is that he's like mentally ill from like drinking the polluted water or something <laughs> but he's so core to this episode like he's in every single scene and i just find him very annoying um so yeah humor's cringy no zuko like on said and i think the action scene is also pretty lacking because the enemies just like run away after two mm -hmm. seconds um yeah and i think the Kind of interesting part is like the morals behind this episode, you know, the Katara Sokka dynamic, but they also already did that in Imprisoned. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so that's basically it. I feel like generally I just found it forgettable, but then upon rewatch, I feel like it's actually actively bad in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Can't win them all. Um, mm -hmm. Well, yeah, actually, quick question. How do you feel like this compares to The Great Divide as like canonically some of the worst ones? Yeah, I was I was thinking about this a lot because I was like, should I go down to the one? But I think The Great Divide was actually more one dimensional in a lot of ways. And the only thing that made it interesting was in the end that the story was a lie and it like kind of promotes the message that lying is OK if it like solves some problem. <laughs> So I feel like the morals in that episode were actively bad too, in addition to all of the downsides. But isn't this episode also kind of like lying is okay? No, but she actually says that she shouldn't have lied to them. Yeah, at least there's okay. some reckoning for it. Yeah, and um, she comes yeah. clean, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, you have some Katara Sokka moments, so, you know, I'll, I gave them the two for that. I think... The, the fact that like they have this like really weirdly animated scene in that in that episode and like the ganjin are just like so out of place and like whack like nothing's like <laughs> whack in this episode <laughs> you know true like i can still kind of see the painted lady fitting in this universe somehow but like i really just like the ganjin just seems like they took some like 21st century just like you know, uncouth, rude person off the street and just stuck them in the Avatar. Yeah, that's true. We see, like, no people like either of those tribes, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Funny. Anyways, <laughs> that concludes our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion of The Painted Lady. This season will be releasing on the first Wednesday of every month, so we'll see you next time on What's Up a Wednesday for our discussion of Sokka's Master. If you want to stay up to date on when we release or submit thoughts or questions on the episodes, be sure to follow us on Instagram at, at what's underscore appa, or you can email us at whatsappapod at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, be sure to hit us with a five-star rating. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Flamio. Wait. <laughs> what are we saying now? I don't know, but we learned Flamio is wrong. Just kidding. Hog monkeys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>